Weekly Lost Podcast, episode number 145. Hey, cool, you fixed it. Don't expect anything. The chances of getting a signal are slim at best. Static's good, right? No. Reception is good. Wait, what's that? It's Russo's signal. Oh, crap. But this radio has a wider bandwidth. <laughs> That's what you call a party in a podcast. Hold it! Stop, do you hear that? Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Production Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Party in a Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. We are the guaranteed. This week, we have, we are going to bring you the most sleep-deprived hosted show (laughs) in Lost this week. I can guarantee you that. Stephanie and I are still a bit jet-lagged. Is that what we call it? Jet-lagged? I guess. So we are still experiencing jet lag from our flight in from Florida. Uh, This morning, we dropped off the rental car at 4.30 a.m. Or no, 4 a.m. It was 4. 4 a.m. And we camped out in the little waiting area. We we could have got some sleep, but we wanted to hang out with our friends and celebrate their, their marriage. And so we did so. And we parted ways with them at 2 a.m. And so then it was like, well, now it's kind of ridiculous to go to bed because our flight leaves at 6. So we, we did not go to bed. We just packed up and headed over to the airport and, um, and uh, all that fun stuff. And, and let's see here. Set Amanda from Michigan says, I don't know if jet lag technically applies unless if you don't change time zones well just so you know we we, did we did we did we flew to memphis which is an hour behind (laughs) they are an hour behind and then there we yeah we it was it was really crazy anyway we left we left orlando at 6 30 but we got we were in Memphis at seven at seven thirty, and it's a two and a half hour flight. So, <laughs> well, seven thirty, something like that. Let's not do math when we can't <laughs> think straight because we're not sleeping. But anyway, this is a lost podcast, and this is typically the weekly full review of the most recent episode of Lost, which would be. Oh, goodness. This was not Eggtown. This was The Constant. This was The Constant. How wow. did I forget that? Come because on. I haven't slept. I don't well, want to hear it. I did I, take a nap. I, you let two? me know. I took two naps. I apologize. Okay. I can honestly tell you I have been awake since 9 a.m. yesterday morning. This is the con- It is, is a contest, constant because you're the one. Not the contest. <laughs> it's a contest. All right. So, uh, yes, Daniel and Prioria, this is a crazy cast is what this is. So, anyhow. Could you expect anything else from us? N- nothing else from nothing us. Left. But uh, it, it, it felt odd for me to do such a low quality audio recording of an of a initial reaction from the telephone. That was really weird. It was really weird. But, you know, hey, here's the thing. We are here tonight. We do not have the typical Cliff went out and researched all kinds of cool theories. However, this episode being the single best episode of Lost that has ever been written acted, put out into the public domain, there are lots and lots of telephone calls. Oh my goodness. So many. So how can there not be? Exactly. So this was the best episode of Lost ever. That's right. If you didn't say that already. I think I've heard somebody say that somewhere. Well, we said it on Thursday. uh, 
three and a half minutes of this episode so far. Well, I can tell you that I haven't listened to anything you've said in the first three and a half minutes of this episode so far. So <laughs> You I, haven't? I, no, so I'm okay to repeat that. All right, rock on. <laughs> <clears throat> and Amanda says that it's the second best, but we'll get to her in just a few moments and see if maybe she can... She can uh, explain her thoughts on that. Now, just so you know, we have Ben, we have Beth, we have Fred, we have Andrea, and we have Amanda. All of these folks are on the line. And then we have a whole bunch of people in the chat room who are standing at bay with fingers on keyboards, uh, ready to respond to anything and everything that we have in this episode and to point us in the right direction when it comes to discussing what's happened recently in The Constant. Um, So with that, let's go ahead and uh, talk a little bit about what's going on in the forum, some of the discussions that have taken place there. So you want me to go to my notes? Yes, in the show notes section. uh, Now, there will not be links to all of the stuff that we reference as, quote unquote, the show notes in the show notes this week because I don't have any of the screen captures. Right. However, everything that's in the show notes comes from our forum over at gspn.tv slash forum. And I just wanted to kind of pick up a vibe for what kind of conversations were happening in the forum. And so we're going to start off with Allison L. And she says, does any does this explain Patchy? And so she asked the question, did Patchy know how to harness the power of consciousness or conscious switching? So, and so... When he thought he was going to die, he basically went back to the past with his consciousness to show up again and live out a different path. That's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. That's cool. I think that takes it in a little bit of a different direction than I think they want to go with the show. However, it is what I will say uh, is a... It's an interesting theory. Very interesting theory, Indy. And we don't want... We do not want... To no matter how far fetched a theory is, when somebody calls in and takes the time and the opportunity, or to write it in our forum, right? That that's the coolest thing. That's the best thing I love about our community is we don't immediately all of a sudden just just say, you know what, that's just silly or that's stupid or it, it, you know everybody has their own thoughts and everybody watches Lost on a different level. Absolutely. And what's amazing is so many people think that I watch Lost on this super ultra deep <laughs> level. And I really don't. I mean, I am I'm definitely not a casual viewer. I I have I see Lost as just pure entertainment. It's an escape for from reality for me and I enjoy the sci-fi angle. But it's really folks like Chef Mark and and other people like that 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 really go in and they dive in. As soon as they hear a name, they are immediately going to Wikipedia or looking up the philosophers or the books and yeah. you know that that takes it to the next level beyond where I am. But what's amazing is that I love this community that's been built up because I benefit from their research. Absolutely. And we come here and we podcast about it. So how awesome is that? Very cool. I want to welcome uh, Ryan Azawa from the Transmission Podcast. Did you know the Transmission is back? I did. I I had heard that. How awesome is that? We're very happy to have the Transmission back in the airwaves, if you will. So uh, welcome back, Ryan and Jen. And, oh, did you know they're live to hard drive now? No, are they really? Yes. They ha- they are non-edited. I had to process that for a minute. Live to hard drive. 
like, what's that mean? <laughs> so, yeah. So basically, it's the whole life's unscripted kind of thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So Scott Sheriff has something that he wrote in the forum recently. He Looks says, like he's been kind of busy. He, oh, yes. Yeah, Scott Sheriff. He's <laughs> one of those guys. I haven't heard from Scott in a while. And then here you're like, wow. Hi, Scott. No doubt. And not only has he been crazy in the forum, but I've got, I think I got at least one or two messages from him uh, on the listener feedback okay. line here. So, uh, do you think that Ben's man on the boat left the door open or did Frank do it? And then Faith wrote back and says, you know, I was thinking it was Frank, but now that you said it, hmm. See, and I'm thinking that maybe it's it's Ben's person, but I want it to be Frank. Do you, does that make sense? Yeah. So I think the fact that... I think they've left it open that it could be either one. The- See, I don't. I, I I believe that the fact that they gave Minkowski the script to say looks like somebody's got a friend on the boat was well, to he didn't was, say somebody he said you I mean to them specifically okay if it's Ben's man on the boat that is not necessarily a friend right to Saeed and Desmond this is true this is true. Okay, that that makes sense. I understand where you're coming from, but I, regardless, I think it is somebody that is there that perhaps maybe not everybody, but he's aware of their allegiance to Desmond and Saeed. Oh, right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I I believe that they wrote that in definitely to say you know hey don't forget that remember there's somebody on this boat that's going to be on Saeed and Desmond's side. Anyway. Yes, Stephanie. Well, no, I was. Um, Ryan j- just posted. I think Ben's man on the boat cut the wires in the in the contr- um, communication room. Whatever. Oh, you know what yeah, I mean? that makes sense. And that so makes sense because they jammed the the communications from from the island. And um, and one thing that that I have been thinking, um, due to the credits, if you ever if you ever watch the credits as they're coming up on the screen um, at the beginning of the episode, is that we already know that they're showing Harold Pernell on the on the credits for the show. So I have been wondering if it wasn't maybe Michael who was opening the door, because he could be someone who would have. A split allegiance to Ben and to Said and Desmond, and he was told to follow a certain bearing to get off of the a island. Three two five, I think, or something. But he left the island from a different place than the helicopter left. Right. And um, and what's his name? Minkowski uh-huh. says that the boat had been there a while waiting for orders. Right. So that a while could have been long enough for Michael. To have reached the boat, come on board. Absolutely. Anyway, you following me? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So I like that idea that that Michael or whoever this guy on the boat is, is the one to sabotage the communications room. Which, can I just say, it seemed a little cheesy that the, the, the telephone company thing and the flashlight battery is going to all of a sudden be able to make this call what? To, to London. <laughs> Okay, so all of a sudden it can call to London. Yeah, yeah okay. this the little telephone testing. Saeed's a genius. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, that, yeah. I mean that that's the only. <laughs> it is still television. I I think that that they should have just gave him some uh, tin foil. <laughs> 
a, a fork that has some kind of... Chef Mark says MacGyver Saeed. MacGyver Saeed. Hello, Chef Mark. Welcome to the show. All right. So here's the thing. I, I typically cannot stand to read anything when it comes to trying to pull off a podcast. Right. However, I'm going to see if I can do this uh, for this one <laughs> point in time. It, this is a theory that's out there. It's the Widmore theory, and he says that it's expanded, and this is from Scott Sheriff. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know this, uh, Scott Sheriff is the keyboardist from the Stephen Curtis Chapman band. Yeah, you've mentioned that once or twice. And uh, he is totally cool. Uh, we, awesome. uh, we supposed to meet up with him? We're supposed to meet up with him when they come into Cincinnati again, the, uh, which like, is going to be awesome. In a couple of weeks? I think so. I, Next week, I don't maybe? Pay, I don't pay attention to my calendar. It just yeah. tells me the day before. and That's like, always lovely planning <laughs> there, babe. Scott, start sending your emails to me. Because. There you go. <laughs> So anyway, uh, I'm going to try to read this. This is from the forum, which, again, folks, if you have uh, long theories or anything you want to discuss via loss, the forum is the best place to do it over at gspn.tv slash forum. And he wrote, I began to formulate this in another strand, which he's talking about a different thread on the board, but this is more elaborate and specific, so I gave it its own topic. What if Widmore and Abandon sent the four Freighties to the island to get rid of them. They each posed a specific threat to keeping the priorities of the island a secret. Properties. Properties of the island a secret since they each have unique knowledge relating to them. With Frank having unique knowledge to expose the hoax of the the wreckage, <laughs> uh, the fake wreckage of 815, instead of using them to help gather info... Widmore hoped that they would get stranded on the island or uh, or be killed, I guess maybe, or be killed by Ben and his people so Widmore could keep the secret to himself until he could somehow steal the island from Ben. Ben wants to keep the island a secret, maybe to keep earning his millions, and so, and so does Widmore and the four freight... And so does Whitmore. And the four Freighties are pawns caught in the middle. Ah, very we good. We know that the Freighties said they want Ben, but they may not. But they may not be to harm him in any way. Um, it may be to probe him for more knowledge of the island for their own personal research in their respective fields. We purposely have never been told that they want to harm him. Ben just said. They want me, James. And Miles said that ben and Benjamin Linus was the reason they were on the island. Woodmore could have convinced them that he could get them to this island to meet Ben, but his real plan was to strand them and make sure their research slash knowledge of the island never went public. And if Woodmore happened to get rid of Ben in the process... So much the better. I think our losties are eventually going to realize Widmore is a worse threat and return to the island to deal with him and save their friends. All right. I think that somehow Widmore may have been mentioning the monitoring, monitoring the term of communications to the outside world. He knew that there were survivors of 815. Uh, he set up fake wreckage so no one would go looking for the island and expose it, his secret. The Let's see. This would explain the four Freighties. Uh, why the four Freighties weren't exactly surprised to hear that there were survivors of the crash. But what Widmore didn't know, since all communications were shut off, was that the survivors of 815 had captured Ben and killed his henchmen. Uh, at the time, when the flame station blew up, 
Ben and his folks were pretty much in control of things. He probably suspected that the four Freddies would either get stranded or get killed by Ben as soon as they landed on the island. Now we also have the issue of Desmond. Widmore has always tried to get Desmond out of his daughter's life. When Des disappeared during the, his boat trip around the world, um, I think Widmore suspected he might be stranded on the island. Since Patchy can monitor the Swan Station, Woodmore's suspicions were confirmed that Des was on the island through Patchy's messages. He sent a picture with Naomi to have her do him in. Oh, um, yeah, I like that idea. It also would explain why the people on the freighter didn't want Desmond to talk to Faraday. They didn't want Faraday to give Desmond the key to getting well, since Desmond is an unwanted complication to Widmore. I think that they hoped he would end up like Minkowski and the other dude in the body bag who died from the side effects. The ironic foil in Widmore's plot is the fact that Des and Penny are meant to be together and the universe will course correct itself for them to reunite despite his best efforts to keep them apart. Very awesome. And then Patrick in our forum says that's an interesting theory. I truly see Desmond as the main character of Lost, even though he may not be billed as such. Uh, It seems deep down that the whole story revolves around the love story between him and Penny and the others. Losties, weird stuff being the so and and the other weird stuff being the supporting story. I I really like that idea. I do too. I also wouldn't be surprised to discover that Desmond and Penny were Adam and Eve. Hold on, hold on. Uh. All right. So, Adam and Eve. It's almost funny to think that De- think about Desmond being down in the hatch right under the feet of everyone all through the first season. See, see the kind of cool yeah. stuff that's happening in our forum, the, the neat uh, discussions and everything like that. It's so really cool. Anyway, I really enjoyed that. Now, one of the other things that I will tell you is uh, in the show notes, there is a link to the chalkboard. And I didn't go in. There, there are really two big groups of screen captures, I will say. Not just screen, like one or two screen captures, but groups of screen captures. That are really interesting things. Number one being that all the notes inside Daniel Faraday's uh, notebook, his Mm -hmm. journal, just tons and tons of stuff in there. However, the chalkboard, if you guys wouldn't mind going ahead and uh, scrolling down, there is is pictures, three pictures side by side. These uh, come courtesy of lost.cubit.net. And um, there's one... uh, little bit of handwriting right in front of Daniel Faraday as he's writing on the chalkboard, uh, right above where he's writing, it says, Kerr might work. It can evade Hawking's chronology protection conjecture. Or it's actually asking the question. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and read what uh, it says here. It says, I'll gather more evidence, but, and this is from, by the way, C.M. Sawyer. I'll gather more evidence... Uh, but I'll have to leave it to those minds who are more scientifically inclined than mine to decipher. I typed in Kerr in Wikipedia, and the closest thing I could find to the situation on Lost is the mag. Let's see, magneto, magneto optic Kerr effect. According to Wikipedia, it is very similar to the Faraday effect. 
The complete article is at the link below. And of course, there is wikipedia.org, uh, Magneto, Magneto Optic Kerr Effect. And there's also a mention of Hawking's chronology protection conjecture. And there is some information you can find at Wikipedia about that. And also, there is a note about relative quantum mechanics. And if you click on, and that's not a link, but if we post this into the thing here and get the full screen effect on this, I'm going to read to you uh, something about here. It says, relative quantum mechanics, temporal sloshing, and temporal double well. Uh, so there, there are all kinds of different themes of time and uh, time theory and quantum mechanics and all these other different things that are going on very heavy into the you know the the whole theories of time travel and you know I, I think it's neat that they post all this stuff in here because I remember oh gosh it was right around the beginning of season two that they said that there is going to be some very weird things that are going to show up in the mythology of Lost and the science fiction realm of Lost. However, everything uh, that they come up with, they said, can be explained through some kind of pseudoscientific explanation, which, you know, they're they're even throwing the, you know, some of the equations up on the on the chalkboard and, and inside of the, the journal of Faraday. And so they're trying to say, you know, Hey, I know this is a little bit of a stretch, what we're pulling off here, but we want you to understand this isn't completely just out of the air. This isn't doctor who showing up in his TARDIS and on the middle of the Island, there is some real theory here behind some of this stuff. Right. All right. And I know that you're, it's completely flossing over here. Head. And even if we were awake, I'll be honest with you, it goes right over mine. So like C.M. Sawyer, or yeah, C.M. Sawyer, I'm going to leave this to more scientifically minded people. There used to be a podcast, and I think they're still doing it now. Is, is Can anybody tell me these Lost Casts, are they still doing their podcast? Because these guys are the ones that would definitely go through and study every single bit of the Wikipedia articles and uh, so Ryan says, yes, the Lost Casts are still out there. And that's L-O-S-T-C-A-S-T-S, just Lost Casts. And they have an excellent web uh, Lost podcast that is all about, uh, yes, graduate level loss. It's, it's like Lost. It, we're Lost. We're kind of like Lost 201. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, not intro, we're not introductory level. We go, we go in a little bit deeper. We're like Lost 201. They're like Lost 401. Uh, so absolutely. Are, am I calling us remedial? <laughs> yes. Uh, no, us I, as in him and myself. Yes, we are remedial. He and myself. Whatever. He, he and I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun stuff. Anyway, Mikowski versus Desmond. This is something Karavush wrote in our forum. It says, while watching, I couldn't help but wonder, why did Desmond lose his memory in the present while Minkowski obviously didn't? I think maybe the island is pulling something sort of extra on Desmond. We haven't seen the last of the issue with him, even though he appeared to regain his memory. I think maybe that, and this is my own personal feeling on it, is that that perhaps Minkowski was jumping into the future, whereas he, where Desmond was jumping into, into the, the past. past. 
And the, the only thing I'm not sure of, and of course, some some people even said, you know, the, the flashing light is it the same technology as the flashing light that Charlie saw when he saw it. I don't know. I, th- to be honest with you, and I'm too tired to really think it all the way through right now. <laughs> so uh, anyway, if anybody in the chat room wants to um, request a talk and, and share your thoughts on any of that, feel free to do so. Otherwise, we're just going to move right on through here. Okay, so we have Ben in the chat room. Ben, save me, my friend. Uh, yeah, a lot of the theories or the, the, the consensus I seem to get from the boards is that uh, because it was uh, 1996 Desmond flashing forward to 2004, where, you know, like if you flashed back, you would remember the circumstances of your past. But if you imagine yourself now flashing forward, 10 years, you wouldn't have any idea what was going on. I mean, you might have a new job, be surrounded by a completely different set of circumstances. So it was the 1996 Desmond's consciousness in 2004 rather than vice versa. And and so I think that that goes with what you're saying with Minkowski. Um, you know, maybe he had a flashback or maybe he only went, because uh, they said, too, that he, some people only went a few hours into the future. So maybe he only went a few hours into the future. So his circumstances weren't as radically different as Desmond. And perhaps because he was only in a few hours in the future, his constant is still there in the future as well. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Sweet. And Daniel Prioria says that he seconds that. Chef Mark, you're on the line. Go ahead. Hey, guys. You know, it's funny what you just said. I think it's the constant that obviously, uh, like, sort of unlocks that. I mean, I, the, the, duh, right? I mean, we all figured that out, right? But right. It's, the, it's the constant that sort of um, brings you back, either brings you forward if you're, if, you're, um, if you're living in the future and going back or, or vice versa. Wait, I just got confused. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. If, just, like he, just like Rodimus Ben just said, if you're in the past and you have no idea what's happening in the future, but you touch the constant, then it sort of brings you up to date. It's like a, it's like a um, when you when you flash your your cell phone and you get like a like a uh, a flash memory upgrade. It's like all of a sudden it brings up, it upgrades you. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Absolutely. It and Beth kind of says it, it it grounds you. Yeah, and you know um, yeah. something about the the photos you showed me at the black that you just showed us of the blackboard. Uh huh. Um, there's this spiral, and if you notice, he's got three arrows going in different directions, which, of course, you know, we've been talking so much about the course that you take or the route that you take to come onto the island or off the island. And you notice how it's like goes in this spiral. Maybe, like, each direction you go in, it's the place where that spiral touches that is where you, you hit your forward or your back. Oh. You know what I mean, that's why people are, are flashing to different times and they're having different experiences depending on who they are and what course they took off the island. Does that make any sense? No, that it makes really perfect does. sense. I, I really like that. And I love the maybe that if looking at this diagram, and of course, I guess now that we, I, I didn't realize when I started off that I even had this screen capture in there until we actually got to it. But I will post this in the show notes and so people can link to it. Uh, this spiral, maybe the spiral circle is is the quote-unquote the the course correction it, it's kind of like uh de- determining whether you go left you go right or you go straight it really doesn't matter because you're going to be held within the limits of the course correction of time itself 
possibly, but I also think it has something to do with, like, in a way, you're coming back to the same spot. You're coming back to the same physical spot, but it's in a different time, which is what turns it into sort of an outward spiral as opposed to just going in a circle. Right. Let's see. Ben wants to add something. Go ahead, Ben. Ben, you're on the line. Oh, did I get request to talk? Yes. Oh, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not a problem, Ben. So anyway, yes, very much. Oh, and Fred from Long Island wants to jump in. Go ahead, Fred. That rhymed. <laughs> Fred, you're on the line. Go ahead. You made a you made a rhyme. I guess I missed it because uh, I was getting connected. Uh, um, this is my only point of cynicism, I think, with this episode, and I really love the ending. Um, but I'm just a little bit cynical about the fact that you found your. Um, you're constant, and now you're all better, you know. Although maybe we'll find in later episodes it's not that simple. But, uh, you know, I, I'd like to see how you can uh, sort of create a theory for that. Yes, it would help you to be less disoriented, but I don't know that it would really cure you. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. Uh, I'm withholding my my disbelief of any of that kind of stuff to see if they give us more to go on. I don't think they're going to give us more right off the bat. I think it's in typical Lost fashion. I think they're going to give us this big, huge, gigantic chunk of stuff to chew on for a while. And I think they're going to leave this behind for at least three or four more episodes, if if not even f- five or six. Right. I, I was really happy with the resolution. And, you know, I'll, I'll ride on the good feeling for a while. But it does kind of make you a little bit skeptical with just that amount of information that, oh, we figured out the penny is in both places. I'm all better now, you know. <laughs> but I guess we'll we'll give him the benefit of the doubt for now. Yeah, you know, as as one who was just enjoying it for the casual viewing, I, I'll tell you that it, it didn't even. I kind of just soaked it in, you know. I, I mean, obviously, regardless of how much they can really try to say that they can explain this stuff with pseudoscience, I I, I still don't buy into it, you know. I I, I really don't, but. It's really cool stuff to think about, but I agree. I and and you know what? There, I'm I'm very sure that there are a lot of people who who are very cynical about how they just kind of just throw it out there, and it's like, ooh, all of a sudden now he remembers everything. I I, I could see it definitely where you're coming from, and 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 if one were to be critical of the episode, that that would definitely be an area that I would agree uh, could be critiqued uh, constructively. Oh, I've, I have one more comment uh, before I forget. Um, and it has to do with that, uh, maybe somebody can correct me, but didn't uh, Faraday say every equation has a constant? That I don't recall, but it sounds like something he would say. Okay, because that, that's really not technically true either. I mean, a, a couple simple ones, right? The Pythagorean theorem, a squared, or c squared equals a squared plus b squared, no constant. Right. So that's not necessarily true. I know what he was getting at. I mean, there are equations with constants. But, uh, you know, it's not a universal thing. But, again, it, it sounded nice in the episode, so we'll go with it. <laughs> Very cool, Fred. Well, appreciate, as always, you dialing in and calling in and requesting to talk and everything. Uh, oh. Folks, what, Steph, go ahead. Okay. Are you sure I'm allowed to talk? I, Babe, you're allowed to break in anytime you want. Because if I don't sit now, this thought may pass me. Um. So I've been thinking about the whole constant thing and... and you know, constantly, right? 
constantly. And and being um I've had a I've been up for a long time. <laughs> I've had a long time thinking about it. No, and um darn it. Crud. Okay. And and the being instantaneously healed and you know all that I I don't really I don't really buy into that but but um, like Beth said that making the connection with the constant in the past and and in the present has kind of grounded him so it as where it doesn't um, I I don't think we're gonna see that it has instantaneously fixed him in my air quotes here but that it has um, it has given him the ability to. Accept his place in the future? Maybe, but you know, um, but right before Minkowski died, he said, I can't get back. Right. Because he had nothing to grab onto. Right. You know, are you following me? Yes. Okay. So, so having the constant get, gives Desmond a way to travel back and forth without the brain aneurysm. <laughs> right. Here, here's the other thing. Does that make sense? Yes. And then I have a question, but go ahead and. Don't forget your question. All right, so here I mean, I've been thinking about it for is, is it possible that he's not quote unquote one hundred percent immediately healed? Because I mean, I mean, are we basing the fact that he's completely healed based upon the fact that he knows Saeed's and uh, Saeed's name now? No, I'm not saying that that he's healed based on the fact that he knows Saeed's name now, but um, but he has been. I I keep wanting. I Beth just said it perfectly in my. It works in my mind. He's been grounded, kind of like it filled in the blanks. It, right. it filled in the parts that he was missing from from the jumping back and forth. Right. And um. So so not so much that he, I mean he could be instantaneously healed, but yeah. Ryan is saying really that his bleeding it. did stop instantly, and that he did appear to have peace on his face almost he did. instantaneously. He did, and I, I I agree with that, but. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so it's up in the air, and and whether or not that's viable. But what's your question? I want to know your question. Okay. My question is, um, when when 1996 Desmond went to Penny and said, "I'm not going to call for eight years." Yeah. Okay. And then 2004 Desmond called on Christmas Eve and 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 fulfilled that. Yes. How did? Where in the timeline of that? Because we know that Desmond's been on the island for three years. And we know that before he got on the boat to sail around the world, he saw Penny and said, I'll be back. How does that fit into that eight years? Um, or is my timeline messed up? No, no, no. I No, I would say you're absolutely right. Um, did I find a continuity error? No, I don't think I don't think. <laughs> no, you did. I don't. I don't either. But I just the, the fact it's is it's a question is, that I am. No, I think that works into the timeline. I think that it works into the. The whole, you know, Jack running into Desmond there, and then of course she running into him. It it was one of those points in times where I can't remember the interaction between Penny and Desmond completely at the stadium, but I don't think it goes against. I think I think that's a a piece in the puzzle that still fits with the overall story. With looking at this as a whole puzzle kind of thing whole picture kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Very cool. It does. All right. But uh, I'm, I'm it's glad It's just you... something I've been thinking about. I'm like, I, I didn't know if um, if my timeline was messed up or if, you know, I don't know. No, no. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up okay. because I had forgotten about that, you know. There was interaction. Uh, the one thing but that... But somebody says in here, maybe it means that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to use this information. I'm not going to use this phone number for eight years. 
So it could mean that. But Right. Here's the other thing that, that kind of uh, came across my mind as we were watching the episode was all the letters that Widmore hid from Desmond. Do you recall that? Yeah. And where did those letters come from? But it still makes sense because he goes, he was only on leave for a couple days starting that night. And that's when he went to see Penny. So he goes back to the Scottish army uh, military and he's there. And that's when Penny starts writing the letters. Okay. Because it kind of, it kind of felt weird to me that all of a sudden she's like, she, she moved, she changed her number. She didn't want to give it to him. She, she's making the clean, clean break. But all of a sudden, wait a second. This is the, at the same time, she's supposed to be sending all these letters, but it, now it makes sense to, okay. It's like, okay. So he broke it off with seemingly no reason whatsoever. She could understand. Mm -hmm. She gets, she says, okay, well, if you're going to be that way, then I'm making a clean break. I have to move on with my life. And this is is what makes that reconnection kind of ties everything in together. And I, I really like that. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. Very um, cool. I, I think. So the basically it, what I'm saying is that he he gets the phone number and the letters start. She starts writing the letters after so what we just before saw. Before he's dishonorable. Yes. yes. Before he's dishonorably discharged. After he gets the number. And after before number, he gets before discharged. Discharge. Yes, she's writing the letters. And then didn't prison come after that? Or am I prison? thinking of a different character? Different character. I don't know. No? Was he in prison? I don't know. Was he in prison? Or was that... I thought He was in the brig. God, I don't know. May wow. I'm going <sighs> to need to watch that again. Yeah. <laughs> and by that, I mean the whole series. Not <laughs> 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 I've already watched this episode twice, and I'm still just as confused as... Well, you know what would course. be... <laughs> you want to know... It was prison. They're, they're right. So, absolutely. Um, I remember something. Wow. <laughs> rock on, Steph. So, okay, here's the thing. I think it would be fun... To watch law, to go back and watch Lost in character centric story. I was just arcs. thinking that, like, go back and pick out all the Jack and and Jack. Okay, I'll I'm do everybody character. but Kate's. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? I just found out that um that my my cousin's favorite character on Lost is Kate. I'm sorry, Sarah. And, and I said that I'm going to have to have a chat with her about that and find out why. Gotcha, because she's a casual viewer. <laughs> she calls me she, she'll call me every Friday and she'll say so, so what do you think about Lost what do you think about Lost I'm like I, I kind of do this podcast she's like I know but I don't have time to listen I'm like you know that's not my problem <laughs> I, I get an email I don't tell her that well, I, get I did e once I usually get an email or two from people that, that we used to go to church with they said Oh, so what'd you guys think about Lost? <laughs> like, <laughs> I just reply with a link. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. She does listen when, when she has the chance, but then if she gets cut off, she'll call so that I can fill in the blanks. And I'm like, do you ever get the feeling that you're just repeating yourself? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, what's funny is that, you know, you, you realize this and there are so many things that I share in the podcast called My Crazy Life. <laughs> and Stephanie gets so upset when she's like, so, so what about that? It's like Stephanie, I just recorded an entire 45 minute episode on okay. this. Okay. And here's the thing. <laughs> I know that this is not lost related, but I'm going to say it one more time. Oh no. So that maybe my husband will get it. I'm okay. your wife and I should not have to listen to a podcast to find out what's happening in your life. I gotcha. <laughs> All right. So anyway, 
let's uh, move on to some other things. I totally agree with you, and I don't mind re- replaying things for you. Yeah, you don't mind giving me a hard time about it either. No, I don't mind giving you a hard time. So, but you don't mind giving me a hard time sometimes either, do you? Nope, I don't. All right. Hey, I want to I want to play through and read through um, a conversation that recently happened in the um, when the uh, what's the forum thing? <laughs> Easy for me to say. I'm not even laughing at you. Okay. Will you join me in this, Stephanie? It's called um, Mr. Widmore Tovar Hanzo. And the ship's log. It started off with X Force oh. Eleven. Our good friend Jeff gotcha. Gentry. Am I starting? Yeah, go I've ahead. Read this one. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. The auction leader said the Black Rocks log was recovered by pirates and was owned by the Tovar. Right? Tovar. Is, is that how you say? It? Okay. Yep. Tovar Hanso and family. Um, we know that Hanso has ties to the Black Rock, so I'm not buying the pirate story. I think a Hanso relative found the island, and the Hanso family has has kept it secret and put Dharma there. The question is, why would the Hanzo family sell that log when they know people would pay dearly to find the island, as Mr. Widmore did? All righty. And then Faith wrote back in the forum saying, maybe Tovar Hanzo has died and his family doesn't understand the utter importance of keeping the log in the family. On another related note, is this the first mention of Tovar Hanzo in an episode? I really can't recall because I keep thinking about last year's alternate reality game. And then Jeff Gentry says... I didn't play the game, so I don't know. And then Beth... Uh, and then Beth. <laughs> then, and then Faith, Faith says... I didn't play the game, uh, uh, so she quoted and says, then you're the perfect pa- person to ask. Do you recall uh, anybody mentioning uh, Hans- any mention of Han- Hanzo in the episodes? And then uh, Allison L. wrote, Weren't there some mentions in the training videos for the stations? And X-Force 11 even said, I think in the swan orientation, maybe. And then CC from Boston says, Are you confusing with Alvar Hanso? All right. And then the then Wirebender says, What's the connection between Alvar and Tovar? And then CM Sawyer wrote, Maybe Tovar Hanso has died and his family doesn't understand. Well, that's the same thing. Okay, that's the quote. Oh. Okay. Oh, wait, Faith. Uh, the- there's currently no mention of Tovar Hanso in go. all of Lostpedia. So you're right. This was the first mention. Okay. Wow, I got confused. Yeah, I know. But anyway, here, here's where it all comes down. <laughs> so and this is, where, this is where Amanda, also known as Scoopy77, uh, in our forum wrote, I think Tovar may be Alvar Hanso's dad. Wasn't Magnus Hanso his grandfather on the Black Rock? And of course, we've seen the name Magnus Hanso on the Blast Door. Okay. It is. If you, I'll, if you I'll go take back, your word for it. it's on the Blast Door map. I believe you. All right. And then if Tovar is the son of the auctioneer, uh, if Tovar is the son of Magnus Hanso, as the auctioneer said, then Alvar Hanzo uh, is the grandson of Magnus Hanzo. Now, I don't know if they ever mentioned him on the show, which I will tell you they have not. They've not mentioned Tovar anywhere else. Uh, wasn't he referenced in the first video that Locke and Echo watched? So so here's, here's the deal. We had the orientation film that definitely talked about um, Alvar Hanzo. 
And the only other time Hanso has been brought up outside of the, these orientation films, right. the only other time is the name Magnus Hanso is on the Blast Door map. And so uh, now, now here's the deal. I've watched this episode twice, and I did not pick up the name Tovar at all. But I'm trusting the people in our community to say, I mean, obviously they're having this long conversation about uh, Tovar Hanso, so I'm certain that it's it's there, right? And and that I need to go back and watch the auctioneering scene one more time, uh, and we will do that. But anyway, it, it's interesting that they're starting to bring these in. I know Chef Mark was mentioning that last week when he did the weekend show with me, Steph, that he was wondering, you know, you can't just leave these the the Dharma Initiative and the the Widmores and the Hanso. You can't just leave all this stuff hanging out there. And then, boom, here it comes. They, they answered so much. Well, they listened to the people. That's Well, I think that they had they this one written for a while. but Well, no, but right. I'm sure Mark's not the first one who's ever said it before. Right. And, of course, it not only... Or maybe he is, because he's very intelligent. He is very intelligent. But, uh, anyway, the one Can thing... Can I borrow some of that sometime? Yeah. So uh, that is that's basically what's going on in a forum. There is a lot of other great conversations out there as well. Um, and we're going to go ahead and jump into some listener feedback. And if we have some time afterwards, we'll we'll look at some of the unanswered questions about this episode. So let's go to listener feedback. Yes. Colonel Locke, is this line secure? Line secure. Go ahead. Hey, Cliff, Stephanie, Toy. This is Michelle from Texas. This is Kim from Indiana. Josh from California. Jennifer from Florida. Sam in Tucson. Kimberly from California. Paul in Memphis, Tennessee. Listener feedback. Target area is acquired. We are a go. Roger that. Hey, Cliff, this is Matt from Indianapolis. I'm calling about Lost. You know, I was just watching um, The Economist, and when Daniel Faraday does his experiment, why is it that the payload starts off at 40 kilometers away if the freighter is 80 miles away? Wouldn't that be more like 100 kilometers? I know there's a little time frame in there, but not enough to travel 60 kilometers in the amount of time that they keep saying she starts out at 40, then the 35, then the 30. So could it be that the freighter is a lot closer than... than, uh, than they said before, and how come Jack didn't pick up on it? All right, that's it. Thanks a lot. Matt, the only thing I can say there is that's a good question. I really hadn't thought about it, and it's more than my mind wants to go on right now. But I will say that good catch and good question. So uh, I don't know if there's any significance to it. Next up, we have James from Chicago who left a full five-minute message, got cut off, and decided to call back. And uh, luckily, he got it down to three minutes and 32 seconds. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie. James again um, from Chicago, Illinois, calling for the last podcast. And uh, instead, of my, instead of playing my really long, rambling, aimless, misguided, well, not misguided, but rambling message, um, that I left earlier that was probably too long and even got cut off. Why don't you just consider this thought? And something that crept into my mind recently in light of this whole time travel paradox or the time travel issue itself. Now, does this change the idea of the end of um, the season finale of last season in which Jack says we to go back? You know, I'm. I, we all know that he's 
you know, meaning we got to go back to the island. But um, is there a possibility that he's also referring to the idea of going back in time? Now that uh, time travel is sort of possible, if and when they do get off the island, and it's possible that maybe they'll experience the same uh, side effects that Desmond has, I don't know if that's, that will be the case or not, but uh, I just always thought I had this theory and idea of, you know, if time travel does become possible and play a part in this whole thing, will there be the ability to prevent the plane crash from ever even happening? Thus, the, you know, a lot of the people wouldn't have died, you know, everybody on the plane wouldn't have died, and everybody um, would avoid the island altogether at some point in time, and who could uh, prevent this from happening. If this is the case, you know, will there be issues where people go back in time and cause some sort of, uh, you know, time disruption paradox deal? I know that uh, things are supposedly set in stone with the flashbacks and the flash-forwards, but at the same time, I'm still thinking that uh, there's more to meet to the eye and clearly the boundaries of space and time are being broken. Okay, he has another whole minute worth of comments, but uh, James, I'm going to have to cut you off there uh, for the sake of the time of the podcast. I, I want to say that's an interesting theory. I really believe, though, just by the way it's acted out, by the way it's portrayed, that for Jack, when he says, we've got to go back, it's not necessarily back in time, it's it's back to the island. If I had to think of anything, the reason why I, I, I feel strongly about that is the fact that how many times he got on the planes with this golden pass hoping that the plane cr- would crash over and over again because he is trying desperately to get back to the island, not back in time. Um, you know, the other thing is, is that the reason why Desmond had the side effects, Daniel Faraday says, were you recently exposed to extremely high levels of radiation or electromagnetism and of course being down in the hatch you know where where obviously there was the the electromagnetism that that took place behind the big gigantic uh concrete barriers that they had uh poured all this concrete over uh, he was right there on it and so i don't know that necessarily those who were on on the island, but not in the hatch. I don't think that that they had the same amount of exposure to this electromagnetism. So I don't think that they would experience the same um, effect of the radiation, if you will. Okay. But that that's that's just my own uh, thoughts on that. But let's go on to Ben from Virginia. Uh, hi, Cliff and Stephanie. This is uh, Ben calling from Virginia, and I wanted to call about the Lost podcast. Um, and in the last podcast, uh, Cliff, you had mentioned uh, Richard Malkin and how you liked that uh, he came back in an Echo flashback. Well, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but I thought you might be interested to know that uh, in the uh, Lost Season 3 DVD extras, uh, one of the extras is um, Lost in a Day, which shows all the different uh, stages of Lost uh, that are being that are taking place at the same time from writers writing one episode to actors filming an episode and so forth. And uh, it shows scenes in the writer's room, and if you listen to uh, what they're saying, you can actually hear that uh, they were discussing um, the episode The Brig. And uh, initially, now of course this uh, scenario never made it to the final episode, 
but initially they were discussing um, the possibility of having both uh, Anthony Cooper and Richard Malkin on the island, um, which I think is a pretty big revelation. And um, you know, of course, it never made it into the episode, but I think it's a, a big indication that at some point we are going to see Richard Malkin again, uh, that he does play a larger role in the mythology. Um, I personally believe that he probably has something to do with... Uh, the uh, type of people who seem to be manipulating things or guiding people off the island, such as Mrs. Hawking or um, the monk uh, from Desmond's second flashback or third, I guess. Um, I think he may be one of these people because he pretty much did the same thing with Claire where he he insisted that she take a certain flight. So uh, in the sense, he was guiding her destiny. Um, you know, even though the two uh, flashbacks sort of contradict where he seemed to be a psychic who actually knew something in Claire's flashback, and then he said he was a fraud in Echo's flashback, I think that he may have actually been sort of trying to deflect attention away from himself in the Echo flashback by saying that he was a fraud. Um, but I, I do think, agree with you strongly that he's going to play a larger role um, eventually in the overall mythology, and I thought you would be interested to know um, that little tidbit from the Season 3 DVD. So if you're interested in seeing that for yourself or hearing that, um, go into the Lost uh, the, the Extras disc and watch Lost in a Day and just uh, pay close attention when you hear the writers talking um, in, the, in the writer's room uh, as they're writing uh, the episode The Brig. All right, uh, thanks, and stay lost. Ben, thank you so much. That is awesome. I, I do believe that Richard Malkin is going to be back and will play a, a larger role. And and thank you for that. That that's awesome. I recall. I I remember listening or watching that, but not really picking that out back at the time that we did it. Are you still awake? I don't know. <laughs> you were kind of like just uh, barely. I. It's like your 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 eyes are open, but you're just <laughs> there. I, I, I don't know. All right, so let's move on to Steve in Brooklyn. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, Cliff. It's Steve in Brooklyn. Uh, I'm still reeling from tonight's episode of Lost. That was just, I agree with you guys. I'm listening to your initial uh, reaction podcast right now. Um, absolutely the best episode yet, uh, I believe. Um, absolutely. Uh, I just wanted to say a couple things. First of all, I wanted to thank Chef Mark uh, for his explanation of the title of Eggtown from last week's episode. I certainly did not make the connection between uh, the whole motherhood thing and the whole egg thing. I thought that was uh, brilliant. So you know, kudos to Chef Mark. Uh, Stephanie, we definitely missed you last week, although Steph, uh, Chef Mark did a great job. Absolutely. Uh, Stephanie, we did miss you. And I also wanted to put in a little plug for Professor Tom's, a uh, bar on 2nd Avenue here in Manhattan that has been showing lost uh on thursday nights uh, as it airs and they have a lost themed menu uh with food and drinks and you could hear a pin drop uh in the bar while the show is on um so it's nice to be with uh, like-minded folks at the bar uh to enjoy the show with people that are just as crazy uh as i am so again what an amazing amazing episode um i haven't even had a chance to absorb it all yet i think once i watch it a second or a third time uh tomorrow um, be able to sort it all out. But anyway, just wanted to give you guys a shout, uh, let you know I enjoyed the episode amazingly. And uh, keep up the good work, and I uh, love you guys, and uh, we'll see you soon. Okay, bye. All right. Thank you so much. That's kind of funny that, that he made a point to say that he missed me last on last Saturday show because I'm thinking that I'd just like to step out of the Saturday show altogether and just let somebody else do it every now and then. Just every now and then? Yeah. Hmm. I wonder. 
What do you think about that? Yeah, just an idea. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that everybody would go over that with that so well. I would. <laughs> Stephanie doesn't like the whole. It's not that I don't like it. I feel like um, a lot, I don't really say all that much in the weekend show anyway, because a lot of this theory stuff goes way over my head. Yeah, Stephanie's more of the the initial reaction style personality of, of the show. But anyway, may, maybe we can work something out to where occasionally you can have I a weekend won't off. I leave. I'll stay. <laughs> Listen to you. I'll do it. <sighs> All right. So anyway, yeah, we. I, I definitely agree that there is some chemistry between the two of you or two of us. You think? Yeah. Not tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, tonight's, tonight's a little different. This is funny. Ah, oh, goodness. Anyway, so, uh, do we have more? Yeah, we do. Feedback? Scott, yeah, we do. We we got a couple more. We got Scott. We got Scott. Who I haven't heard from in, like, eons. Well, here he so. is right now. Hey, Cliff, this is Scott Sheriff calling. My last message was too long, so I'm going to try and be more succinct with this one. I'm calling you about the lost. Uh, podcast. I'm calling you from the Chapman tour bus somewhere between St. Louis and Milwaukee. We just watched the episode The Constant and it was amazing. A lot of connections, a lot of answered questions about how Desmond got his powers. And uh, the most interesting thing to us, once we finally figured it out, was Penny's whole timeline where she must have made contact with Charlie and figured out that Desmond was somewhere in, I guess, on the island, and then she must have somehow found out a way to contact a boat that was down there, maybe through her dad, and that's when she got contact with Minkowski, and then eventually made contact with Desmond. So I think we kind of kind of figured out how that all worked together, but it was an amazing episode, probably one of my favorites ever, definitely in my top five. So I uh, can't wait to hear you guys talk about it, and uh, keep up the good work. Bye. Scott, thank you very much for your feedback, and we're going to move right into Wayne Henderson, who also called, and he calls, I think, every week now. Hi, Cliff and Stephanie. It's Wayne from Wayne Henderson VoiceOvers, and just had to call because what an amazing episode of Lost. Uh, To quote Cliff, awesome, awesome. (laughs) I just, it's just such a great show, Lost. And hey, I've got this theory, I know. Who doesn't? But I've got this theory as well, and I'm trying to fill some of the holes on it and uh, talk about it a lot more on uh, the Tuning In with Wayne Henderson podcast, but it gives a lot to think about, so I wanted to run it by you guys. You know how on this episode, Desmond's back in the Army in 1996, and he's having flashes uh, or brain hemorrhage time travel to 2004, whatever it was. He's kind of going back and forth, back and forth, and it's just it's totally cool. But it made me think, Maybe, just maybe, all of the flashbacks and maybe even the flash forwards that everyone on the island has ever had are all going to turn out to be maybe a milder version or the early stages of the brain-conscious time-traveling uh, damage that's been happening to mm-hmm. Desmond. What do you think? Maybe all the flashbacks and flash forwards are all going to be some sort of level of brain-conscious time travel and if that's the case, things are going to get really messy really quick. You know, I, that's something that uh, somebody earlier said. I think it was James. 
uh, kind of uh, touched on that. And I, you know, Wayne, uh, it for for both of you guys. I, I mean, I don't. I know that we say that we're one of those places. We don't just immediately say that's silly or that's stupid. And, and I'm definitely, I, even now, I don't think that 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 I would ever even go anywhere near saying anything like that. I just don't think that that's it. I, I you know, I'm one of those people who really wants. I I really want the I really want. <laughs> You like that? I do. I really want this to have this huge, gigantic, awesome time travel, time space anomaly kind of uh, spin on things. But I don't want it to. I don't want it to completely encompass the show or to to take over and dominate the entire show. You know that. I mean, I, I really do enjoy some of the relationship stuff. I really would love to see more interaction between uh, Jack and Juliet. I think that that would be interesting to see. I would. I, I mean, there are some great relationship items that they bring into the show that I just really do love. I just, you know, I, I, I'm being as huge of a fan as I am of all things time travel related. I just don't want to see it explain all of the flashbacks that way. What about you, Steph? I agree with you. <laughs> Did you hear anything I said? I think. Gotcha. Let's move on to Francesco, unless you have something else you wanted to bring up. Wasn't he talking about all of the all of the flashbacks? And the flash forwards. And the flash forwards being, being this time jumping. Yes. Okay. No, I like that being specific to Desmond. Yeah. Is that what you said? I didn't say specific to Desmond, but I I said that I definitely don't want it to... I definitely don't want it to encompass everything we've seen to date. Okay. I don't want it to be the end-all explanation of all the flashbacks and now these flash-forwards. Definitely not the... Not the flashbacks. Right. No, I I don't want to see that. I... I, I, um I like it being specific to Desmond right now. I don't think I'm ready to go... Yeah. Yeah, and and I and I kind of I you know the one thing I would say if there's anybody that I would like to be able to have this quote unquote ability and to have it somewhat controlled would be Ben. That if if there's anybody that I think that I think it would be neat that that has studied it long enough would be Ben. Okay. And and I'm wondering if uh, didn't the closet kind of allude to the fact? No, no, not really. That's that just the, alluded to the fact that he goes around and and leaves the island a lot. That's the only thing I think you can conclude from the closet. Okay, not necessarily that he travels through time. Huh. However, or he has really bad taste in clothes. What about Richard Alpert, though? Who's that? That he's the the real handsome looking guy that. Yeah, that that describes half of the men on law. <laughs> All right, the real handsome looking guy that never ages. Remember that? Ben, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, R- Alpert. Okay, is that his name? I think it's Richard Alpert. It's Richard. I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, but anyway, we haven't seen him in a while. But I wonder if maybe he and some of the quote unquote natives have have been able to kind of manipulate and bend time in such a way. See, see okay. I, I can I can really buy those kind of things, but I can't buy I, I or not that I can't buy. I just don't want it to explain everything in Lost with with this. I kind of like it being a part of the show. And uh, we're gonna talk to Amanda. Amanda, you're on the line. Go ahead. Well, 
I think we don't know on the show exactly what the flashbacks are doing. Because in the first season, they kind of, like, fit a whole lot what the characters are thinking about. So we're like, oh, they're just remembering. And then we get to, oh, maybe there's more going on. Then we get to dozen flashes. Then we get to flash forward. So I don't think we really quite know the rules to what's going on in the show when they jump back or forward. Right. There was there was some speculation um, about going back to Aaron's uh, nursery in the flash forward with Kate. Right. And there were these uh, these blocks or something that were stacked with kind of uh, two. I can't even think like kind of stacks, if you will, that kind of resembled a little bit of that building from that iconic building in London that was on the Pink Floyd cover. And, you know, this whole idea of people thinking, you know, maybe this is going to be that snow globe thing or everything is all in the eye, uh, in the imagination of baby Aaron. Right. You know, those kind of things. I don't know. So anyway. I think that it's a little too, I I think that they've made the plot a little bit too elaborate now to be snow globe. Yeah, I think so. We have uh, four more uh, calls. Or in the imagination of a child. Yeah, I, I I think it would be a total cop out. It it would be jumping the shark, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, my name is Francesco from Canada, Ontario, Canada, Ottawa, and uh, I just had a theory on the numbers um, for the Lost podcast. Last night I was watching Lost, of course, for the constant, and I was thinking, well, Desmond had the idea of contacting his girlfriend, but I was thinking maybe. Uh, the numbers that were broadcast from the tower for a long time that was since broadcast from World War II, as you remember, Hurley had went to Australia to find a gentleman who was, in, I believe, in a military ship, and he heard that message, and that's how the message was broadcast. So if you ever do get lost in the past and the future like Desmond did, um, if you're aware of the numbers... Or that was being broadcast by the island, which was the only probably thing that you can probably find yourself in con- in the constant uh, relation between the two worlds. So it's uh, just a great theory, and uh, I do have a couple more theories, but I'll uh, give it up to my wife one day to give her a call, and uh, one of my buddies has another theory. Um, what do you guys think about echo? Uh, not the echo, uh, but, you know, the sound when you scream in a voice and in the mountains and you hear, hello, hello, hello. Anyway, uh, we'll call back again. Uh, great show, guys, and uh, thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. Francesco, thank you very much. I have not heard anybody call in, and uh, let's see here. Just hold on. Okay. I was just uh, – I have not heard anybody kind of t- try to tie in the the numbers being broadcasted as a constant in the time theory, and, and I will say that's kind of an interesting thing to think of. It, it has been going on for a very long time. Um, but uh, again, being unique to Desmond at this point, I don't know where it fits in, but still very interesting indeed. Patrick from North Carolina. Hello, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Patrick, otherwise known as the Patchman from North Carolina, and I'm calling out the Weekly Lost podcast. Now, Cliff, you may remember me because I was the kid who said that it was too back to the future, uh, future part two-ish, your theory. Well, I've been proven wrong. You are correct. I think that I'm getting on more to the theory about Ben time traveling and 
all the show is about time travel. This show, this episode was my best, and uh, not my best, duh, uh, my favorite show. The constant was amazing. Uh, all scientific stuff, and I have to say, Daniel Faraday is, be- and is becoming one of my favorite characters up I there. I would agree with, with uh, that. Desmond. I like that. And. Uh, and Hurley, <laughs> probably my three favorite characters. Daniel Faraday was the hero. You guys were right. All the scientific stuff and all the answers we got, and that Alvar Hanso and uh, that the Black Rock was mentioned in the show. It was a great, fantastic show. Well, I guess I get her, better stop jabbering on now. So, I thank you guys for all the work you do at GSPN. You are one of the best podcasts out there, and one of the best lost podcasts out there. I will enjoy and participate more in the shows and uh, in the chats and the shows and talk to you. Thank you very, very much. Uh, and you guys are great. Keep doing what you're doing, and I'll see you later. All right, Patrick, thank you so much. And Patrick's actually even in the chat room right now, uh, and thank you for that. I love when people are in the chat room while they're listening to their to their call and they're correcting themselves as they go. That's, that's awesome <laughs> That's stuff. great. If only I could do that. <laughs> uh, I did that. In, I did a whole My Crazy Life video the other day when there was the shooting in our neighborhood. Yeah. And I sit there and I, I grabbed my camera and I walk and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm here with another episode of My Crazy Life and boy, is this a good one. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a sec, that sounded really bad. Yeah, and so really I, bad. I did a little subtitle by Goodwin. I mean, this is a good one to explain how crazy my typical daily life is. So anyway, it's all about the subtitles. <laughs> anyway, all right. It's all about Cliff that yeah, whatever. <laughs> Chef Mark, thank you very much. Now be quiet. All right. <laughs> Matt from Indiana and then James in Tennessee. And then we're going to slowly wrap this thing up here, folks. Hey, Cliff. Hey, Stephanie. This is Matt from Perry Township, Indiana. I'm calling about two things. Uh, First of all, I wonder if you guys think that there's a connection between Daniel Faraday's flashback in Confirmed Dead and the note that he had in his diary about using Desmond as a constant. I think that, that he probably ends up using Desmond as a constant, and that was a flash forward for him that uh, where he's actually kind of lost it. The other thing is, is that for, for the guy who's on the boat, um, the saboteur, I, would, I believe, is, is whoever the man on the boat is. And it also could be that someone is the one that opened the door. So it may not be the pilot, but more likely uh, Michael or Walt. And, and for those who don't think that Michael is the one that's on the boat, notice that Richard Alpert's name is not in the credits. But Harold Perrin is, is, and I know Richard Alpert's not his real name, but uh, suffice to say, Harold Perrin's name is in the, in the credits. So to me, whether I want it to be him or not, it seems like Michael's going to be the one that's, that's the man on the boat. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. I enjoy your podcast. I listen to it all the time when I'm on the road, and I hope everyone's feeling better. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you, Matt. We are feeling better, just just tired now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then tired. The, what are you talking about? I'm wide awake now. Yeah, no doubt. All right, and then James from Tennessee. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie, this is James from Tennessee. Uh, for what we do on the podcast, uh, I posted this on your message board, and I, I think I've got even more supportive evidence of this now, uh, just from listening to a couple other podcasts. Not that they've revealed this, but it's 
it has to do with Desmond when he runs into Charles Whitmore at the auction. Uh, when when Whitmore sees uh, Desmond, he doesn't act surprised that he even sees him. It's like he knew he was going to be there. I think this has been discussed. Um, but And then he goes to the bathroom with him, and he knows what's happening to Desmond. He knows that Desmond's tripping. He knows that Desmond's consciousness is going back and forth, or he's going back and forth in time. And he willingly gives him all this information because he knows no matter what he does, he doesn't think that Desmond's going to make it. Therefore, he leaves the water running. And what was the significance of the water running is the fact that when Desmond got distracted by turning the water off, he, he, he got tripped into going back uh, back forward in time uh, to 2004. When the guy bumped into him when he was going to get in the, the uh, phone booth, uh, when he was going to call, try and call uh, Penelope, he drops his change. When he bends down to fix the change, he ends up back on the boat. I think that when you get distracted from your consciousness of what you're focused on at the moment, that's when that these uh, these trips happen. And I think that's what's happened to Jacob. I think Jacob's been there such a long time that he's he's got this going on in his consciousness, and he's sometimes on the island, sometimes he's other places in time on the island. So I think that's why he hollered out to, to Locke. Uh, well, he didn't talk hard, but he said, help me. And I think that's why he's he's tripping through time, and uh, he was trying to get Locke to help him. And that's why I think the whole ultimate goal uh, of Locke would be uh, to help him. And I think that's the whole subcontext of his story is that he's been sent there to help Jacob, and Locke just doesn't know it yet. So that's kind of what I'm getting from this episode. So thanks, guys. Love your show. Thank you very much, James. I think I, something that just came to me, and, and I don't know if I've said this before, but what if Christian Shepherd is Magnus Hanso? I've never heard you say that before. Well, I'm saying it now. All right. A little delayed, I know. But anyway, um, I, I don't know. I, I think that would be interesting. And, and um, we'll talk about it another time when I'm not so tired. <laughs> and uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. We're, we're already at an hour and 13 minutes. And as promised, this is going to be a shorter show. <laughs> of the weekly <laughs> Lost Podcast. Uh, our typical show is about one hour and 20 minutes, and so we are shorter than normal. Can, can I share with you what I was laughing at? Yes. Okay. Um, Chef Mark says in the chat room, Yeah. what if Vincent is the polar bear? <laughs> what if Vincent <laughs> is the polar bear? That's great stuff, Mark. Uh, yes, very good stuff. i tell you what, um, lost in the news. Sh- i tell you what, I, Andrew did call this in, so let's let's go ahead and play this real quick. Oh I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Andrew, go. What's up, guys? It's Andrew again. Uh what I found this week was when I got my USA Today on Thursday, there was an article on Desmond. Um, he talked about the episode, and he mentioned that him and Saeed um, both are from the U.K., so uh, they would have to, at times, sleep on the boat or hide during shoots, and they would talk about their worst acting actors in the shows from their country. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um might be able to find that online. I don't remember who did the article, but it's uh, there's always something on Thursday. Um, also, uh, Lost the Video Game came out. It's pretty cool. I, I, I bought it. Uh, I already beat it within like six hours. You get to walk around the hatch and see like 
the photo, the, the picture on the wall, the mural. Um, you get to go into the Swan Hatch, the Hydra Station. Really neat game, the way they put it together. Good for Lost fans. All right, and thank you very much for that, on, uh, Andrew. And just so you know, he wrapped up by saying, Chef Mark, you totally rock, and you should do your own podcast because you sound so great in a podcast. And I'll just wrap up by telling you that Chef Mark does do his own podcast. In fact, he has his own podcast network, uh, not unlike us, um, over at Culinary Media Network. Dot com. So check it out. He does the Remarkable Palette podcast and uh, does an excellent job, uh, especially for those of you who are really into food and cooking. Uh, definitely, you should check out Chef Mark's podcast. And full-time ma- mom interviewed Chef Mark. Yeah, that's coming up next or this week. This week, this week it'll be out. So uh, lots of wonderful stuff. And Chef Mark is a great friend of ours. And so I'm certain you guys will hear plenty more of Chef Mark in the very near future. With that, this next little bit is what we call coming up on Lost, and it sometimes contains minor minor what's. What are you doing? Nothing. It's like, is it over yet? I'm like, seriously now. I want to go to bed. <laughs> You're like, just three more calls. <laughs> we're, we're almost done. Well, okay. well, wait a minute. Now let's play this. <laughs> All right. So uh, <laughs> it's coming up on Lost with Lost.about.com. Bonnie Koval. And uh, she's going to tell us what's on next week. And uh, before we go, just again, want to encourage you guys to go to gspn.tv uh, and uh, search for information about the Plus membership provided I get some good sleep I'm taking the tomorrow off which is Sunday uh, we are uh, going to get back into the swing of things this week being that I'm fully recovered from my illness and well rested and we're going to get some more details about Plus coming out this week so check that out this isn't what was supposed to happen what's going to happen you don't want to know what was supposed to happen I know because you don't know what's going to happen you know what we're not going to find out don't you want to know This is Lost Away Bonnie from Lost.About.com with this week's Lost Preview. The next episode is called The Other Woman and will be on this Thursday at 9 p.m. on ABC. ABC synopsis reads, Juliet receives an unwelcome visit from someone from her past and is given orders to track down Charlotte and Faraday in order to stop them from completing their mission by any means necessary. Meanwhile, Ben offers Locke an enticing deal. This will be a Juliet-centric episode. I have some theories that are a bit spoilery, but it's nothing I know for fact, just guesses. At first I thought maybe Juliet's unwelcomed visitor was Ben, but Charles Widmore is in this episode, so now I'm thinking it's probably him. This episode will include on-island flashbacks where we'll get to see Goodwin and Mr. Friendly. So, Charles Widmore either was or is on the island. Can't wait to find out. For more information, read my The Other Woman guide and preview. This is Lost Away Bonnie Koval for lost.about.com. And as promised, one minute shorter than all of our other podcasts. (laughs) Until next time, Stephanie. Stay lost. Stay lost.